0: The center of the universe and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Hall Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show. Three, two, one. All right, all right, and all right. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and it is my civic duty to make sure that you are always in the know about the latest strategies, tools, proven techniques, the things you need to know, the proven principles that are going to help you achieve financial success. But Marshall, we have have Marshall Morris inside the box that rocks today, and I want to bombard Marshall with some questions about financial success. So here we go, Marshall. You are a business coach. Why do the clients that you work with, the research labs, the uh, what, what, what kind of what kind of businesses are you working with right now? What kind of businesses? Uh, a number
1: of different kinds of businesses, and that's the cool thing: is all the principles that we teach as part of the thirteen-step proven system to success. It doesn't matter what industry it is. So I'm working with a clinical research company. Okay. A pizza restaurant. Oh yeah, they're very similar. Eyelash extensions.
0: That makes a lot of sense.
1: <laughs> I can see the common the commonalities. A, a solar power company and it doesn't matter what whether it's business to business or business to consumer the key to financial success is the application of these 13 steps rather than the industry in which you're operating
0: oh okay okay wait, wait. i want to make sure we're, t- we're taking this into a fire hose of knowledge we're just getting from one of the thrive 15 business coaches marshall b- why do all the clients want to achieve financial success i mean what's the point what's wh- what are they after really yeah so uh
1: In working with all these different business owners, what I found is that most business owners start a business to stop doing something else. Mm. Mm, So, here, let me break this down for you. So, most business owners, they start a business to stop doing something else. And in order to stop doing something else, whether it's going and dropping off their dry cleaning, whether it's going, uh, you know, and going around and managing their employees, Dr. Zellner, one of uh, the most successful entrepreneurs that I know, he's started all of these business and grown it into a scalable business in that he does not need to be working day to day inside the business. And so it's scaled, and so he does not have to. He's been able to stop the management portion of his business even. So you gotta ask yourself, what do you want to do? What is the life that you want to live? What are the things that you would prefer not to be doing? Cleaning the house, detailing the car, doing the lawn mowing, and providing yourself the financial freedom in order to then also achieve the time freedom to do that as well.
0: Now, we have Jeff Rent on the show today. He is a psychotherapist. So I guess you you only provide therapy for psychos? Is that the yeah, idea? that's it. That's uh, I'm, a, I'm an ideal and likely buyer then. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> Can
2: you explain to the Thrive Nation out there what it is that you do with your occupation? Sure, Clay. It's good to see you. I basically go into businesses and do emotional t- intelligence testing, which looks at different factors, uh, 16 different factors that allow people to improve themselves and then make more money because they do that. They, if they increase their uh, numbers on their tests as they grow in our work together, then they make more money, $1,300 a point, in fact, wow. per year.
0: Really? Yep. Okay. So you, you, if, if anyone's listening right now and they say, okay, that sounds good. I want to get in touch with you. What's your information? What's
2: your contact info, my friend? Sure. It's uh, Jeff Rent and my website is JeffRint, R-I-N-D-T.com. And my phone number is 918-742-2600.
0: Well, now, Jeff, we have uh, a new feature here on the show, and I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, maybe maybe you're not aware of it. I know Sam's aware of it. Now people can text in to 918-851-6920. We, we, I, I, I challenge you, Thrive, Thrive Nation. Go ahead and text in, 918-851-6920. This morning I received a text message at 3 a.m. <laughs> from a very successful Thriver, and he says, hopefully you enjoy your workouts this this, this morning. <laughs> and it's just hilarious because there's a whole group of people who could, we could all meet and high five each other at 5 a.m. because we're all up before most people. And I would call the people who are up early either A, entrepreneurs or B, insomniacs. And they're That's almost right. all entrepreneurs. And so <laughs> we're getting text messages really early. But I encourage you to text us right now to 918-851-6920. Text that business question to 918-851-6920. And we have a, a text that came in here, and I'm going to read this. This is from a Thriver who asks, He says, I want to change the name of my company, but my favorite idea has been taken by a company three hours away. They have a Facebook and no website. If I add an extra word to the end of the name, would it be okay? Okay, so we're going to get into that. I'm going to walk you through step one, two, three. Step number one, uh, my friend uh, Justin the Thriver, you need to run a thing called a Thompson report. A Thompson report—that's step number one for you. A Thompson report. What's a Thompson report? Who's Thompson? Well, a Thompson report is a, a report that a, an attorney can run for you that will show you um, if anybody else is using your name or what companies are using your name. So, as an example, uh, our uh, one of our one of my partners, his uh, company is called Oxyfresh. O X I Fresh. So, if someone else wanted to use the name Oxyfresh, but they were maybe a pet grooming company. Perhaps they could. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a lock on that name for anything. So a lot of times you'll see there's a restaurant in in Dallas, Marshall, I think, called Purple Cow. Isn't it like a burger place? It's awesome. Yeah, but there's also a book called Purple Cow by Seth Godin, Uh and I believe there's another industry I've seen where Purple Cow has been used. So, step number one is you definitely want to run a Thompson report. So, it kind of leads into step number two. Uh, You need to have a a high-quality attorney to help you do this. You need to find an attorney right now. I'm telling you, as an entrepreneur, you don't want to look for an attorney when you need one. You want to find an, an attorney ahead of time. So I encourage you to look for a credible attorney. And if you're looking for two recommendations, uh, one, full disclosure, I make no money as a result of re- recommending these, these two people. One company is called Reeb Law, R-E-I-B Law. They're based in Dallas, Texas. Uh, full disclosure, they are a former client. They do a great job. But what we helped them do was to develop a membership model so that way um, everybody can afford a high-quality attorney. So that's, 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 that's kind of option number one. And option number two is Winters and King yeah. right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, these guys represent um, T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, some of the biggest evangelists around. And they, all, uh, they also represent business owners all over green country and throughout the world. But you're going to need to find a great attorney. And then move number three is after you've you know, had the attorney and you've got the Thompson report, you need to sit down and make a, a, a uh, kind of a educated decision as to whether you want to fight for the name. Because so many times you'll find that somebody is using the name in a different industry. But if you want to start using it for your industry and they want to put up any fight at all for trade, trademark infringement or for uh, confusion, it's called confusion. Yep. But it's where you're making your product look so similar that people confuse it as being endorsed by another organization. Then if they uh, claim confusion, then they can send you a cease and desist letter. And then you have to stop unless you want to fight in the, in, the, in the courts. And so that's the three steps there. Marshall, am I missing anything there? No,
1: it, that's a great uh, point is you, if you have the same name and you have the same brand and it looks and appears very similar, the company, depending on how big they are, they might want to take you to court. And so if you're going to get into that legal battle, you had better have the money and time in which to completely uh, see that legal battle through. Because the one thing that you want to make sure that you don't do is start the legal battle and then find yourself, oh my gosh, now I'm out of money right. for right. the appar- for the rest of the operations of the business.
0: Now, I'm going to give you an example of what not to do. And this is what not to do, so I want to help you. I want to sufficiently scare you into doing the right thing. Um, this came out in August 22nd of 2015. Michael Jordan um, discovered... In about 2011 or 12, that a grocery store was using the name Michael Jordan during one of its promotions. They didn't say it was endorsed by Michael Jordan. They just said that uh, they used his name, Michael Jordan. It said on the ad um, something like, I can't remember what the actual uh, ad itself, but if you just Google search, uh, Michael Jordan wins $8.9 million lawsuit with grocery store, you can find it. Well, long story short, he was frustrated they were using his name, he said. And they were using it um, basically in a way where they weren't—they weren't saying Michael Jordan uh, endorses this. They're just saying, um, learn to—you know—see if you can win yada yada like Michael Jordan, or or so. They were comparing something to Michael Jordan, yeah. but they didn't ask him. And so he filed a lawsuit and he stayed the course, which he does all the time. And he won 8.9 million dollars after this company lost everything in the process of trying to fight Michael Jordan. So if you were wanting to run a, start a company called Michael Jordan something, I would highly recommend that you do not do that. So I would just recommend that you run a Thompson report before you start marketing. Now, moving on to our next question that just came in hot. This just in, Marshall, from another Thriver. Here we go. It says, what is the best way to create an event checklist? I'm an auctioneer, and I want to systemize my process and hire someone to do the live events for me. Okay. Now, this is going to dovetail right into today's topic, okay? This is this concept called mastery. And Jeff, I want to get your take on this as well, because this is a profound concept. So many people will come to me and say, Clay Clark, how did you get to where you are? And I said, well, first off, where do you think I am? And uh, as a person who's very close to me, they said, well, I watch you at the store. You don't look at prices. Um, I know you. Ha- you've hired somebody to mow your lawn. You've hired someone to clean the house. You've hired someone to, to educate your kids. You've got. I mean, it seems like you're. You've 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 achieved financial and time freedom. And I said, okay, then by that standard, then I've achieved success. Fine. But they said, well, how do you do it? And I said, well, the first thing is you have to become a master at what you do. A master. And if you're going, what 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 is a master? Well, here's the definition of a master. This is someone. This is having or showing very great skill or proficiency. Acquire complete knowledge or skill in something. So, as an example, um, the personal trainer I work out with is jacked. I mean, by all metrics, Marshall. I don't know. Wouldn't you say, dude, you're jacked? I'm not <laughs> sure if, if it's just. A, I mean, if it, can you be almost jacked? I mean, because when you're jacked, everyone knows it. Yeah,
1: I think if you have to ask yourself whether or not you're jacked, you're you're not not jacked. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I found myself going, "Am I jacked? I'm not jacked." This guy is is is, he? I mean, he's he's pumped up. He's pumped up. And so I went to the guy and I said, "Hey, I would like for you to train me, you know, personal trainer." And so the last you know month or so, um, he just as I as I see him as I watch him train me, he knows so much about physical fitness, dietary needs, body types, um, how to recover. Um, he's totally changed my diet. He's encouraged me to automate my food. Uh, he's got me drinking things I would never drink. I'm having that that apple vinegar. What is that stuff? The apple vinegar in the morning. The yeah. vinegar cider. Crazy stuff. Don't have that. I uh, apparently if you, if you don't <laughs> mix it with water, it'll take the enamel off your teeth. It's crazy. So I'm doing all this stuff, you know. And but you know what? He knows the stuff because he's a master. Yeah. But what happens is is most of us try something out for a month or two. Mm-hmm. And then we say, we'll see how it goes. Or I'm going to graduate with a degree in that, and then I'm going to you know intern and see how it goes. But to, in order to have major success, to become LeBron James, to become Michael Jordan, to become uh, Bill Gates, to become Steve Jobs, to become the guy who owns the successful chain of haircut businesses, to become the guy who owns the uh, chain of, of anything, you have got to have intense focus on one thing. And at that point... You'll, you'll become this thing called an enigma, an enigma. Now, an enigma is something that's very hard to understand or explain. So, Jeff, I want to ask you, how long have you been interested in
2: emotional intelligence? How many how many weeks? How many minutes? How long have you been interested in that subject? I have been interested in that since I was a little kid, like two and a half, three years old. I can remember my dad was a military guy, and I had to m- manipulate him emotionally to make sure I was <laughs> safe. And from that point on, I've been interested. You know?
0: so, so here's the deal. Mastery is what the world calls creativity, brilliance, skilled, mm-hmm. dominant, mm-hmm. genius, world-class. You insert the adjective. That's what the world says. Right. But the world never asks, how do I become a genius? Right. How do I become brilliant? Because I'll tell you what, I am not brilliant in the world of physical fitness, but my trainer is. But I am very, very good at what I do yeah. as a business consultant. Yep because of my um, massive amount of focus on becoming a master in that given subject. And so we come back, we're going to talk about becoming a master of any given subject and how you can take your business career
3: to the next level. Stay
4: tuned. We were burning on the edge
3: of- uh, my name is Cody Albright, and this is my wife.
4: Rachel Albright.
3: And we are from Inola, Oklahoma. Uh, we d- don't actually own a business, yet we're starting... Uh, a business with my father in law, her dad, uh, Sierra Pools and Spas. We actually
5: heard about it from my dad, who listens to the Thrive Time show on 1170, and he's an entrepreneur, so he recommended this conference to us. I have learned really just the skills to get started with the business. I kind of came in like not knowing even where to start, where to begin, just feeling a little bit overwhelmed with the whole process. And I feel like Clay really gave us the information to not only get started, but once we do get started, to get moving with the business and actually get things rolling.
3: Being in the beginning process, I, uh, I don't know much. I didn't, coming into this uh, conference, I didn't know much about uh, sales, business, um, marketing, and uh, nothing I learned in high school. And so I, I feel like I learned actually a tremendous amount of things, practical things I could put to use. Uh, I would describe it very welcoming. Um, Atmospheric, warm, is that a word, I guess? Yeah, it's
5: very um, relaxed. Clay is a very great speaker. He made it really fun, lots of energy. So it was a great experience.
3: Very homey. It's awesome,
5: it's a little bit eclectic, but um, you definitely get a sense of what they believe in and um, their energy here and their purpose here. You can definitely see it all over the walls and everywhere.
3: I would describe him very well, a very well communicator, um, very funny, very energetic, uh, very passionate, very knowledgeable, uh, and just fun to listen to.
5: He's very interactive. Um, play always was there to answer any questions that we have um, at any point. We could answer any que- or ask any questions, and he was very willing to answer them. And even in between. Um, he's very approachable, we'll talk to him about anything. I would say they're missing just the jumpstart to get their business to a place where it's um, um, serving them and where it's really making the profit that they want to see. It's, it's accomplishing the goals that they have in their mind. I would say they're missing the practical skills to make that happen. Clay does not try to upsell you on anything. Um, He's definitely here to just help you out. He wants to give you all the skills that um, you need to get your business where you want it to be. So there's no pressure. It's totally relaxed. Yes,
3: I would say, I describe it no pressure, and I'm a people pleaser. So um, I would fall into those sort of things. uh, things, But yeah, I would say it's very relaxed, very non-pushy.
5: It's definitely worth your time. It's definitely worth the money. Um, Because all the things that he's going to teach you, um, you learn them in a very quick amount of time. But they're all very applicable if you actually put in the time to use them.
0: All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back into the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. Sent here To help your wallet persevere. What are we talking about? (laughs) We're talking about how to become a master, how to become an absolute dominant force in a particular given skill or area or or a a calling, a a work, an occupation. So what happens is is the world looks at people who are super successful. And we just put these little quick words. Maybe we give them three syllables. Maybe we give them four. We say, oh, wow, they're brilliant. Two syllables. Well, they have great creativity. They're dominant. They're a genius because it's so easy to say that. But then when you go back and you study uh, LeBron James and you study Steve Jobs and you study Sarah Blakely who started Spanx and you study uh, Mary Kay and you study Michael Dell and you study just insert the billionaire, the millionaire, the success story, and you will find a disproportionate amount of time and energy they've devoted to a given subject a level that is so disproportionate that people start to call them an anomaly a, a level where people start to say they're an enigma this is somebody who deviates from the standard you know they're they're, they're eccentric centric is to do everybody else is doing right but they're eccentric centric according to usa today centric right now the average american seven out of ten americans right now according to according to usa today don't have a thousand dollars saved You know, according to The Atlantic, uh, you can read an article by Time magazine, the average American doesn't even have $400 saved for an emergency. According to uh, Gallup, only 13% of people, Marshall, are even engaged in their job, like they're excited about their job. Only 13% of people are even enjoying what they spend their time doing. But I can tell you, I would rather be doing this than anything else. Ever, I mean, this is this is professionally speaking. This is all I want to do is what I'm doing with you right now, the listeners. So show prep isn't a hard thing; it requires a lot of work, but I enjoy it. And so we have two guys inside the box that inside the box that rocks today, who have decided to become masters in their given field. And are are they perfect? No, but they're getting better and better. But they're known as the top of what they do in their niche. So Jeff Rent a psychotherapist. So Jeff, how long have you been interested in this in this field for anybody who's just now tuning in?
2: Well, I've done emotional intelligence for real for probably 35 years working with people in coaching and counseling settings and then about 10 years ago I got really interested in taking what I know to business because it's so much fun to work with companies that can thrive. So what what is the what are some of the things
0: that you have done to get you to where you are today? I mean, how did you become a psychotherapist? Well,
2: One, I had a real sense of uh, calling or mission about it, that it was in the vision of who I am as a person to do that. It was my best self. Then I got the right education. And the most important thing is I put myself around people who not only gave me energy but instruction and then allowed me to get good by they I watch them while they do it, then I do it while they watch, and then finally I do it and I'm ready to go.
0: Well, we're going to be teaching the six steps to becoming a master today, but I want to ask you, Marshall Morris, Marshall Morris, business coach. Uh, Marshall Marshall has been coaching uh, clients for quite a while. Um, I've, Marshall, how long ago did you and I first meet? Oh, first met about eight years ago. So eight for, years ago. So for eight years we've been working together, and your job title has changed. And as you've you've grown, you graduated from college, you've you've had more experience, and you've improved, and you've learned the systems that, that Z and I have taught you, and you've read. What what is it though about coaching business owners and helping them become financially free that's so infinitely interesting to you?
1: Okay, so there's uh, I want everybody that's listening right now to g- when you're at your computer or on your smartphone at a stoplight or whatever it is. Okay, I want you to look up four businesses. Okay, okay four businesses. One Fine Folk Pizza down in Fort Myers, Florida. Fine, Fine- Folk. Pizza.
0: fine fork pizza right okay. down right now Up north
1: here. carolina uh triangle appraisal group triangle appraisal group okay that's number two okay. number three delrick clinical research okay delrick clinical research and number four essential oils academy essential oils academy and all four of those businesses last week had the best week of sales ever for ever. their business,
0: so four different businesses, four different businesses that you're
1: working with that I'm working with, yep, all had the best week of sales ever. Now the reason why that's cool for me. Is because that is a sustainable, real change to their business. They are literally bringing in more money. And for me, that's cool because I get to show progress in their business. For them, that's cool because that's money. That is profit that those individuals are actually taking home for their families, for going on trips, going on vacations. I had one of my clients, she said, for the first time in years, she was going on a vacation. She had the ability, she had the sustainability within her business to step out of the business. And that, for me, is what's infinitely interesting about being a business coach.
0: Now, Thrivers, here are the six steps. I'm going to walk you through the six steps. This is step number one if you want to become a master, okay? One, you've got to determine your life's work or task. You have to do that. And so I'm going to teach you a few strategies And I would like for Marshall and Jeff to kind of walk us through how they've been able to do them or if they've been able to use these Mm -hmm. to help them. Because everyone's going to find your life's work. Some people are listening right now, and I don't know what it is, but I sense that someone who's listening right now says, I don't know what I want to do. I just, I don't know what I want to do. So strategy number one to find your life's work or task is find something that you've been drawn to um something that you, it's like it's it's within your uniqueness. Mm-hmm. So I guess an example would be um, an artist. Mm-hmm. I've met a few people that just love to draw. Yeah. And and I and I've to encourage them go towards that. Like run towards that light and you'll find your genius there. So Marshall I want to ask you I mean have you always been drawn to business? Have you, has it always been interesting to you, or did you hit your head one day on the toilet seat, <laughs> thus making the flex capacitor, or what? What happened? Yeah, I
1: was giving someone a swirly at school or yeah. something like that. Oh, wow! Well, yeah. no. um, I've always been drawn to business. I've loved business. In fact, um, my first taste of that was working with you in your first business, mm, DJ Connection. Okay. DJ Connection. Oh, yeah. I got in there and I loved the processes and I loved the tasted uh, taste of you know like being in that atmosphere. And then when I went on to work with a number of different businesses throughout school and uh, after I graduated, I found that some businesses just don't quite get it. And so my realization that I wanted to be involved in all of the different aspects of business, of small
0: business, that's what I've been drawn to. Now, now strategy number two here, Jeff, I want to get your take on this, is you want to scratch your own niche. So maybe you find something that you love in almost a spiritual way. Maybe it's not a talent like art. But right. it's something you're just drawn to. There's an interest that right. you have. How right. have you found? How have you been able to apply that to your life? Well,
2: ever since I was a little kid, I've noticed that if I get up in front of people in an audience and speak, there's something about that that I love. Mm. It was scary at first, but I noticed that I loved it. So I started developing that uh, opportunity as I went through in life, and have done that my whole life. It's just kind of something that I do now all the time. I teach all the time.
0: Now, strategy number three is you want to recognize you don't have to hate your job. And love vacations. You could love both, or you could love one or the other. There's this cultural bias we have of, I want to work, you know, I just want to get through it, because then I want to go on vacation. It's mm-hmm. almost like we praise the pursuit of leisure, uh-huh. whereas the people who win in right. life love the process. That's right. Michael Jordan was obsessed with practicing. And when you listen to any of the interviews with Phil Jackson, he says he just loved practicing. He loved playing. He loved lifting weights. He loved all the stuff you're not supposed to love. He loved all that stuff. So, it's so important that you fall in love with the process. It's just very very important. And the final strategy I want to talk to talk to you about is listening to your inner voice. Maybe there's a force or a sense within you, and you're going, you're getting kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here we go. Socrates, Leonardo, yep. Napoleon, Albert Einstein. The all these people felt like they were drawn by an actual voice. And so we come back, we're gonna talk about what do you do when you're feeling like you're being drawn by an inner by like by like a spiritual voice or an inner calling. What are you gonna do with that? Because we want to teach every listener how to become a master today. What do you mean?
6: I'm Augustine Icapelli and I'm from Wichita, Kansas and uh, CEO of Augustino Brewing. Well, I heard about them from, uh, uh, I'd already been a Thriver on uh, Thrive 15 and uh, through that platform I found out that uh, there were in-person workshops and uh, one-on-one coaching available so I decided to uh, check it out and it's been fantastic. Oh, I've learned uh, a lot about uh, how we're going to better target our online presence for our business to attract and bring more people into uh, the doors of our brick and mortar uh, brewery and restaurant.
4: My life is a movie and everyone's watching Let's get to the good part
0: and past all the nonsense. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back Thrive into the conversation on the Thrive Time Show. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. I'm also a guy who has five kids. Um, I have a, an, an abnormally large number of chickens. I'm obsessed with planting trees every weekend. I try to plant <laughs> a minimum of one tree a weekend. Um, I'm, it's, I'm not a member of Greenpeace or anything. I just, it's something I'm into. Um, I enjoy reading uh, copious amounts of case studies. Yeah. So when you want to go golf, or maybe you want to go watch a movie, or you want to go whatever you want to do, I never want to do those things because I am obsessed with becoming the absolute best in the world um, at what I do. And so one of the things that I have decided to do is to become an absolute master. Of my craft. And I remember there was a time in my life where I didn't have my mission clearly defined. And so you begin to drift around, kind of looking for things. So I went to college and I knew I wanted to start a business of some kind, but I wasn't sure what it was. And so I had to start with something. And I had sort of this inner desire to do entertainment. I enjoyed uh, DJing. I had done it a little bit. And I thought, you know what, I can pay for college this way. And eventually I remember DJing a show and I thought, you know what, my music set list wasn't that great. So I went back and watched DJ Cool. Marshall, do you remember DJ Cool? <laughs> the, 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 the the Let the, me clear my throat. That guy, yeah. <laughs> and I watched him, and I listened, to, I listened to the way he enunciated, the way he talked, the energy he brought. He would create his own energy, like a nuclear sense of energy he could create. And I thought, oh, wow, my show is not good at all. I'm like a, 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 a D-minus. So I went to the next show and it got better and it got better and it got better and then I remember I finished my first show that this ever happened. I finished DJing someone's wedding and everyone stands and starts applauding like a like a standing ovation. They're doing an actual standing ovation at a wedding and I thought, oh wow, that felt good. But then I started recording my shows. So I actually set up a recorder to record my own shows. I got this old Radio Shack recorder. And I would listen to it, and i go, that wasn't as good as it, as it could be. And then every night, I started to want to beat uh, myself. And I ran into this book called The Pursuit of Excellence. This is the book that, to, that, that turned me on by Tom Peters. Yeah. And it was talking about how the, great, the truly great among us can make copious amounts of money doing almost anything as long as you do it 10 times better than anybody else. Yeah. And I started thinking... That's so true. Like basketball. I love professional basketball. And those guys are definitely ten times better than the average person. They're maybe a hundred times better. I mean, they're just ridiculously great. And people stand and cheer when you're doing when you're singing your life song. People cheer for that. That's and so great. I just sense today, I don't I don't want to get super spiritual with you, but I sense that that somebody here listening today, you you need to hear this show because you're very talented. People have always said you have a lot of potential, but you have yet to find that one thing to determine your life's work. And I would encourage you as the final strategy, and I want to get Marshall's take on this, I encourage you to listen to your inner voice. Um, In Star Wars, they talked about the force or a sense of destiny. But if you think about Socrates... Socrates claimed that he had an inner demon that would, uh, that would warn him to avoid danger. He literally talked about how he had a demon that he would, that he would, would warn him when there was danger. Um, Leonardo, you know, the famous Leonardo, you know, famous kind of a polymath uh, Leonardo. He wanted, to put, he wanted to know that there was this force within the world that he wanted to know what, what the force was within the world that forced people to be successful. Because he was always had this in- in- innate drive to keep pushing. And he kept thinking he had to do one more. He had to and just improve. He had to be just a little bit better. And he was, he was obsessed with trying to figure out what was the source of that. A Napoleon, the, the short man obsessed yeah. with taking over the big world, mm-hmm. he felt like a star in the sky taught him what to do. Albert Einstein said that he had an inner voice that would push him. Marshall, is there anything in your brain, is there any little voice, any little, I mean, wh- what is it that, that pushes you? Has, has this ever happened to you where you felt called to push yourself?
1: Yeah, and I'm going to break this down. My story in allowing my inner voice to speak mm. is that's exactly what I think most people miss is they're so caught up in the routine and the speed at which they're operating their life, they never allow the yeah. inner voice to speak. There's not a time, they, they make uh, time for appointments, they make time for lunch, they make time to spend with their family. But when are you scheduling time to allow your inner voice to speak? So one of the things that was profound, uh, profound impact in my life is I read a book called Tools of Titans. It's actually Tim Ferriss's new book. Mm, and he yeah. talks about different strategies in which to do this. And he said by the pure exercise of just waking up 15 minutes earlier and spending quiet time whether it's uh, with a song that you enjoy or whether it's in the quiet darkness uh, before you wake fully up, but just allowing some time for your thoughts and your inner voice to speak to you. That in and of itself has allowed me to bring more
0: clarity and crystallized vision to what I'm supposed to be doing. I love that. And I want to pile on with that, with, with just a little Tim Ferriss knowledge for anybody who doesn't know who Tim Ferriss is. He has had the opportunity to sit down with billionaires, millionaires Um, best-selling authors, uh, super-talented musicians, actors, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Foxx. I mean, just you can go on and on. And what happens is when he sits down with them, he he wants to break down their strategies, their tools, their tactics. How are you doing it? And this is one of the things he distilled is they all schedule time to listen to their inner voice. Jeff, am I weird if I'm listening right now and I'm going, I've never done that, and I just think that sounds weird. I mean, is this a weird thing? No,
2: it's not weird. Everybody has an inner voice. It's just getting quiet. And self-aware enough to hear it, and those moments when you have that are so clear that you don't doubt it. You realize that you're uh, that that you know if you go this way, it's going to work. I knew when I came to Tulsa, uh, I was driving at Twenty First and Lewis, and all of a sudden I got this awareness: if you come here, you will prosper. It was the weirdest thing. It was like I lived in Phoenix; I expected to stay in Phoenix. I came here to write a book, and the next thing you know, I'm in Tulsa. And really? Yeah. You know, out I, of the I, blue. I just want to validate you, Thriver
0: out there. You say, "What do
2: I do with step number
0: one?" I would encourage you to schedule. What you're saying? Put it in my put in your calendar. Now, yes, now. I mean, whatever you need to pull over, you know, if you're if you're at Oklahoma Joe's having some baked beans, maybe put the spoon down for a quick second. But I encourage you to to write this down. Schedule one hour a day. Just do it for a week. To think about your life right now of mm-hmm. where you are versus where you want to be mm-hmm. and go back until you can find yourself think back reflect back and go w- what was when was a time where i loved what i was doing or i loved the activities i was pursuing because there might be your area of focus but the step number 1 is you must determine your life's work now Blake, step number can I say yeah. something about that yeah, real quick sure.
2: it's very important The way to determine how to hear that voice is, first of all, to think back about the things that you love in life, the times when you've done something that you absolutely love. Another time is something that you're really good at, and another is a time when you saw that there was a problem that needed to be solved. And generally, people's calling come out of one of those three things.
0: This is this is huge. Now, if you're listening right now and you're going, who is this guy? Um, one thing that's really exciting about our show is we like to have experts on the show who know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so um, Jeff Rent is actually a, a psychotherapist who's devoted his career to emotional intelligence. And, and when he tells you to do something, go do it. I mean, if you're not happy with where you're at in life, the worst case scenario is you make one of those 360-degree changes, so you're right back to where you started Don't worry about it. Now, step number two, you must find somebody who's already doing what you want to do. you got to find a goat. i got to find a goat? You mean like a, a, no, I'm talking about the greatest of all time. This guy said to find a goat. I'm out there looking for a goat. No, find the greatest of all time. Find somebody who you can get access to who is great at what you want to be great at. Because when you find somebody who's already doing what you want to do, they're gonna be able to show you how to do it.
7: My name is Brian Zimmerman. I'm from Castle Rock, Colorado. I own an e-learning platform that educates and teaches people how to start side incomes. There's a few things that I've learned here, one being just the ease in having a system of actually starting a business and then executing it, and then also being able to build systems around your entire process when it comes to building a successful business. I first heard about the Thrive business a coaching platform through an ad or something I, I seen online and I was a veteran and so I was um, able to join their veteran program and start the Thrive program that way and I've since become a coaching client and, and have worked with Thrive now for almost two years. I describe the overall workshop experience is phenomenal it's it's great I love the environment I love the way that Clay presents and teaches it's a way that not only allows me to comprehend what's going on, but he explains it in a way to where it just makes sense and it's an easy to follow process. For anyone that's ever been to the Thrive 15 headquarters, I would describe it as showing up to Disneyland only for business experience. It's an amazing place, the environment's great, Uh, the team is amazing and um, even better, it's just its a really cool environment with the quotes and the different decor all over the place. This place is awesome. Yeah, I would describe Clay's presentation and teaching style as the, he's almost like, he's a comedian, um, but he explains it in a way to where he adds humor and it's fun, it's exciting. It keeps you engaged. You don't feel like you're falling asleep or getting bored. There's a lot of conferences and other things that I've been to where it's like I'm itching to stand up um, but it's almost, uh, here I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm engaged and I'm ready to learn at all times. And so it's been fun. The interaction level has been great. There's segments where there's breakouts to where Clay's ready, he's available to answer any questions. The communication between the other classmates has been great. I've learned different things from other members that have been here as well. So the engagement has been phenomenal. I, I love it, it's been great. For anyone that's never attended a Thrive 15 workshop, You're missing out on community, you're missing out on support. I think it's important to be able to step away from your business and not only step away from your business, but to engage with other business owners so you can learn their perspectives, their ideas, and what it is that they're learning and really get an altitude perspective of what it is that you're doing so you can see other ways to actually fix and correct what it is that you're doing so you can grow and build your business. The Thrive Conference is different from a lot of other seminars and trainings because there is no upsells. You're not expecting for that, oh, wait a minute, oh, here it comes, here's that pitch, and the next thing you know, people are running, standing up and running in the back of the room or worried about another sales pitch. There's none of that here. It's straight content, how you can build, how you can grow your business, and then you implement what it is that you can with your business, and then you execute it. I would recommend that other people attend the Thrive 15 workshop because if you're looking for an easy process to follow, a step-by-step system, and have support and guidance, this is where it's at. I have attended a lot of different trainings, a lot of different seminars. And I don't think there's been anything as easy to follow, at least for me, as this, not only the teaching style, but then the direction and the implementation and the plans that they've laid out here at Thrive 15.
4: Life's not easy. i that I'm human. Forget that i real. Act like you know me.
0: Welcome back into the conversation, and today's show is all about you. What we're trying to do is to help you find you. Help you find you? Yeah, see, this is the thing. Every single day, I wake up with great enthusiasm knowing I'm on a mission. So this is, this is just, i give you three examples recently that have happened to me that I, I realize I process life differently than the majority of people, and, I, and I've learned to do this but uh, my dad, about six months ago, passed away. Hmm. And my dad died um, from ALS, which is, uh, if you don't know what Lou Gehrig's disease is, basically your body begins to atrophy one part at a time, and then you suffocate, and that's how you pass. And somebody pulled me aside and goes, man, how, how are you getting over it? How are you coping with it? Do you have any regret? I mean, do you miss your dad? Do you?" And I'll say this, I miss my dad. But religiously, from a Judeo-Christian perspective, I really do believe that uh, you know, this life is like uh, the worst part of Kawita, and heaven is like the best part of a resort. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a huge, huge polarity. Why is he talking on Kawita? Come on! If you live in the worst part of Kawita, you know what I'm talking about. But the thing is, <laughs> is that I believe he's in a better place. And yes, I miss I miss the conversations, sure. but I know I'm on a mission. And every week I scheduled family time. Really? So the other day when we had family come over, uh, they came over at six. And they left at eight, and I had fellowship with my mom, and I love my mom, and I love spending time with my mom. And you know what? If I wasn't married, I would spend more time with my mom. But I love my wife, and I love my kids, and I love Dr. Zellner, and I love you, the listener. And I have to find a place for everything. I got, I got to schedule time, block out time. But I know that I'm on a mission. So when the death happened, it didn't freak me out. It didn't make me. I didn't. I didn't have a break through after a breakdown. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, now I see the world differently. Um, I didn't freak out. You know, another example that was kind of interesting is uh, recently we were working. We had a Thrive conference a, a, a conference here, and a Thriver was going through the toilet of life. What they did is they went up to Thrive Time Show, and they bought a ticket. They flew here from half a country away. They get here, and you just could tell they're going through some stuff. And the guy says, man, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just have a question for you, and I just feel kind of dumb even asking, but. And he put himself out there. He stood out there, very vulnerable, talking to me one-on-one. And I said, hey, let's go to lunch. And I don't go to lunch, right? And I could do anything with my time I wanted, but I know that that's my mission was to help that guy. So after the conference, I talked to him again. And he's going, I'm not even paying you. Like, what is I, – I just struggle to understand your motivation. And I said, man, it would cause me psychological dissonance to not call you because I'm on a mission to mentor millions. That's my goal. And so, Jeff, I want to ask you, because you are a psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. when somebody finally finds their mission Mm -hmm. and they're not pursuing it, can you talk to me about the feelings of dissonance or what dissonance means? Yeah, I sure
2: can. I really believe that the greatest pain of all in life, while we face difficult things like you just said about your dad, the greatest pain of all is the pain of a wasted life. Mm. And we know we're wasting our life when we're not moving toward the goals and the callings of our life. And I don't know how we know this as human beings, dogs don't sit around and wonder this, I don't think, but we do as human beings, we can contemplate our own existence. So we need to really work to survive, that's important, but then then we need to connect with people, we need to achieve the things that really matter, and we need to develop a sense of self-mastery that is listening to that voice.
0: Now, Thrivers, I'm going to give you an example real quick about it. The, the, the second step, which is you must find a mentor. You must find an apprentice. Mm-hmm. You must find a coach. You must find a, a goat, the greatest of all time. you got to find somebody who knows what they're talking about, okay? Because because after a formal education, you must begin what I believe to be the most critical phase of your education, and that's the practical education, okay? So step, this is, there are different phases under this step, okay? So phase one, Marshall, you've got to learn to value Learning over money. You got to sometimes take a pay cut mm-hmm. to learn from a Jedi master. Talk to me about how you've seen this happen with your clients. You've seen it in your own life. Walk me through the martial marination perspective of this concept of working to learn, not just to earn.
1: So if you're always working for the money, the, the money being the goal, if you're always looking at that, then you're never going to improve. And so the thing that we have to fall in love with is the process and the process of learning. And once you've made the process of learning and continuous improvement the goal, then forever you will continue to reap more and more reward, mm-hmm. more exponential reward. And so with my clients, they've been humble enough to say, look, I don't know everything. There are certain areas in my business that regardless of who it is, I need a coach. I need somebody to hold me accountable to what it is that I need to do. And so that's what they've reached out, and that's the role that I serve for all of my clients.
0: So phase one is you want to learn to value uh, the learning over money. You want to focus on learning over earning. Phase two is you want to become coachable. Now, coachable is a weird, weird deal because – Coachable is saying, and I, I'm, I'm going to give you a notable quotable that someone needs to write down right now because if you write this down, um, it could change your life. This little, little, little phrase I've given to so many clients, and they've told me, "Oh my gosh, that was that was the one that did it for me." If you always seek criticism and not praise, you will always get a raise. If you will always seek criticism and not a, and not praise, you will always get a raise. So what's happening is many, many people, thousands of people are now going to Thrivetimeshow.com and you're clicking on conferences and you're booking tickets. So you're coming here to this event. And do you know why, Thrivers, why when you come here you get to, to sit at a, at a big desk? Do you know why there's multiple screens surrounding you? Do you know why you can ask questions? Do you know why we have a coffee bar? Marshall, do you know why we have four speakers that envelop the room? Do you know why we break every 45 minutes? Do you know why we do- Marshall, do you know why we do all these things? Why do we do all these things? Educate me. Because the customer, we asked him, hey, what could we do to improve your experience? and i have personally given over 1000 speaking events for you know Hewlett Packard O'Reilly's Valspar insert the big brand i've been there done that drop the mic boom but so now we come here and i'm wanting to know hey what 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 could we do to better serve you we surveyed Thrivers. we called you guys and what's happening is is the feedback is phenomenal you guys are going this is exactly how I wish a conference would be. Oh my gosh, you yeah. guys are geniuses. No, 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 no. I am not a genius. I am a master. How did I become a master? Because I gained mastery over how did I do it? Because I sought Chris I, I sought out and I said, what can we do to make it better? And then over time, we built this for you based upon what you wanted. Now phase three is you want to move toward the pain toward the struggle, and toward the resistance. So I watched for like the 20th time, not that I have a problem, but I watched uh, Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger again this weekend with my son. And Arnold talked about how if you work out until you have pain, yeah. you'll never gain. But if you work out past the pain, he says, once you can't do any more, try to do two more, that's where the growth is. I want to ask you this, Jeff. I mean, psychologically mm-hmm. speaking, I'm not mm-hmm. qualified to talk about it, but why is it that it seems like – that you can't really learn. Any, people learn as a general rule as a result of, it's kind of like, you, like a failure is a um, prerequisite to success yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah Unless you have a mentor. I mean, walk me through, why, yeah. why
2: do we have to move towards that pain? I, I always tell people that all victories in your life are going to be V-shaped. They start with a great vision and lots of energy. And then in your own energy, and your own ignorance, you ruin it or it doesn't work. And then you begin to pick yourself up, persevere, get better at what you do, and then find yourself surprisingly, serendipitously thriving. And it's really a cool thing to see people do that. The people that don't do that have never persevered, so they haven't set up a feedback loop that oh, teaches come on them now. to get into it, right?
0: Now, this next phase, phase number four, is deep observation versus passive learning. Now, deep observation. So just this, ba- this, this past... Uh, Thrive Time Workshop. What's so fun is we have them every month, and you, you, the Thrivers, you're, you're coming back and bringing friends. You keep telling your friends. We, have, I mean, the reviews have been awesome, yeah. and you guys keep coming back and back. You're bringing your friends from all over the world. It's exciting to see this happen, but Marshall when you just did your last talk i mean you had uh, people that were that were cheering they said very nice things but you still were asking them hey what could i do better to serve you how could we improve we want to make this better what is wrong with you why are you why are you deeply <laughs> observing and why are you not just you know uh, Passively learning. What, what what has caused you to do that? Okay, so you have to do
1: the deep observation. And so if you look at the Lean Startup method, Lean Startup method, it comes from a gentleman named Eric Ries. Yep. R- Ries, Eric Ries. Yep. He talks about the Lean Startup method, and it's four parts: one, define; two, act; mm-hmm. three, measure; and four, refine.
0: Repeat that one more time:
1: define, act, measure, refine. Ooh. And so we're talking about the third step here: measure. And so I, we defined, Marshall, you're gonna do the first day of the speaking event, then we went and did it, and then you have to measure, you have to objectively measure how you are performing in order to ever get better, in order to ever create action items of what needs to be improved. And so whether it be a speaking event or operating your business or building a relationship with somebody, you must do these four steps, including deep observation.
0: Now, Thrive Nation, when we come back, we're going to get more into how to become a master. Specifically, we're deep diving into step two, which is you must begin an apprenticeship or mentorship phase program.
8: Stay tuned. I'm Jared Powalka. I'm originally from Denver, but I live right here in Tulsa. So I have some friends that uh, are involved in Thrive. They referred me to it uh, just about two years ago. I'm involved in an investment banking business. We provide uh, financial consulting around M&A, mergers and acquisitions, capital sourcing, and we also provide uh, accounting and uh, strategic finance uh, consulting to business owners. Definitely just how important it is to drive early on in your business development sales and systematizing your strategy. Um, sales and, and workflows. It, it, it almost couldn't get any simpler. It's uh, no fluff. That's the first thing that comes to mind. No fluff. You're gonna hit the ground running with practical business tips that that cover the gamut, but we only really talk about what's relevant. Uh, there's a whole world of things that can confuse you, but we just we just really focus on nuts and bolts. It's easy to get here. It's, uh, you certainly pick up immediately on what's going on. You know, sometimes you kinda have to warm up to it. That, that's not going on here you hit the ground running and actually if uh, you're not paying attention, you might get left behind. Clay is, uh, he's funny, but he's brutal. I don't know if you can have that in the same person, but he is. He's—either uh, Humor is used to illustrate a point. So I describe, describe Clay as, again, no fluff, someone who's direct and to the point, doesn't normally waste a lot of words to get to uh, practical tips and ways to even customize it for your business. There's an opportunity to interact with him, which that's probably why you come here. So you're going to interact with fellow conference goers, drivers, uh, and Clay and part of his staff. So uh, there's breaks. You're going to interact in you know deeper level in between. But you can raise your hand and ask questions on an interactive basis. It's not going to be a crowd of 5,000. So if you've never attended a Thrive Time workshop, you're missing a, a, a chance to really get down to brass tacks in a short time period. You know, you're going to spend two days, whereas it might be otherwise wasted at a lot of other conferences. You're going to come away, probably save yourself five years of business school. It's not a stretch to say save yourself maybe five years of business school in two days. So, um, you know, there's not a product to sell. There's value that you receive immediately. And I think there's ample opportunity for you to follow up. But you're going to sell yourself into different things. If you've enjoyed your time here, you'll be looking for more interaction from thrive15.com from the books that's, that Clay and his uh, mentors and people that he works with, they, they've all collaborated to create incredible products that you might have interest in afterwards. But in the conference itself, there's no upsell. You owe it to yourself. If there's such a thing as cheating yourself by not doing something, this is it. If you don't come and spend the, the investment in yourself and in your business, you're uh, you're cheating yourself. That's, that's what I would say to people. That's what you're missing out on. You don't know what you're missing out on. I'm telling you, I might even pay for your... It might be crazy to say but I might even pay for your your uh, time here. Is that worth is that worthwhile. I'm glad to refer anybody to it.
0: What we're talking about today is how to become a master of your craft, how to become somebody who's an outlier, how to become eccentric. Um, I remember just years ago, just as an example that that was profound to me that made a big impact on my life. I was looking at uh, Michael Jordan's career and Kobe Bryant's career, and I started looking at them and kind of looking at Michael and what he did and what Kobe was doing because I loved basketball and I loved watching those guys And Phil Jackson made the comment that Michael Jordan consistently got to practice well before anybody else. And he always has and he always will. And that was he did. He he was just so obsessed with becoming the best. And I thought, man, you know, I'm a disc jockey. And a lot of DJs, what they want to do is they want to hang out. They want to socialize before the show. But I want to become the best. I want people to have almost a pseudo-spiritual experience. When I DJ, I want them to say that was the best show ever. Ever And it didn't happen to me right away. It happened to me about five years into my DJ career. And so I went to Carlton Pearson. Now Carlton Pearson is, I know he's kind of a controversial figure in Tulsa, but uh, um, I guess some fun updates here for you. One, his life's being made into a movie where Martin Sheen is going to star Oral Roberts. And then the main character from 12 Years a Slave, who was nominated for an Academy Award, he's playing Carlton. And if you don't like him, you're really not not going to like the movie. But the thing is, is it documents his his uh, life and his his journey. Well, the thing about Carlton is his speech coach was Oral Roberts. Follow me on the someone should write this down. His trainer was Oral Roberts. Now, Oral Roberts, his coach was Napoleon Hill, the best-selling success help help, uh, the self-help author of all time. And Napoleon Hill's mentor was Andrew Carnegie. So when you follow that lineage, I'm going, hey, sign me up. There's things to learn. And I think it's kind of like uh, eating fish, you know, spin out the bones, take the meat, whatever. But the thing is, so I'm talking to Carlton, and he has such an ability to communicate effectively that I'm thinking, man, this guy, he could teach me anything. And this is still when he's the head pastor at uh, a Higher Dimensions Church, which at the time was one of the largest churches in Tulsa. And when he taught me how to transform my gift of communication from um, just to, I don't know you'd call it, where it's, it, it's uh, functional, it's passable, to approaching great and what that looks like. One thing he encouraged me to do was, you don't want to see anybody one hour before you ever do a speaking event. Yeah. Ever. One hour. And I'm like, what, what do you do? And he says... Focus deeply on the audience and the individual and the audience that you want to impact and what their needs are. Deeply get into their mind and think about, this is what I came for. This is what I want to learn. This is why I'm here. And because I have sacrificed my time to be here, you owe me a performance and not just a talk. A performance. And I thought, oh, wow. I mean, that's a different thing. And I'm going real, and it's like, Carlton, what does performance mean? He says, I'm talking about if you're not breaking a sweat, if you're not bringing it, if people cannot feel the passion on a tangible over, yeah. they, they just feel like you were sent on a mission, then you do not deserve to be on that stage. And that's when I'm talking about mastery. I mean, ma- I mean, T.D. Jakes is a master of communication. So yeah. this next phase, okay, after you've begun the apprenticeship, okay, you have to value learning over money. You have to decide to be coachable. Then you have to move towards that pain, towards that struggle. Nothing's worse than doing a speaking event when no one claps. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. And then the deep observation. You want to focus on what could I do better. Now you start to acquire the skill. Here's where it gets fun now. My daughter's starting to do this on on the piano. She's starting to be able to play by ear. So she can start to hear and then play without the music. Mm -hmm. You're acquiring that skill. Now, Marshall, I want to pick your brain on this because for basketball – and I, I might be speaking at a, at a turn here, but I feel like you developed most of your skills after you graduated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is that true?
0: Yeah, very much so. So when you played basketball at Jinx, uh, and, and this is my understanding, I only saw you play one time, but it was more of a mechanical thing? Sure. And then it seemed like in college it became a thing where the skills were developed and you could now be like... Working, uh, it's almost like your body. You could you, mentally, you could be focused on strategy and not the mechanics of how to dribble, how to shoot, how to pass. Uh, to to continue this ana- uh, this
1: analogy, or it's not really an analogy, but a parallel, yeah. if, if you will. Um, wh- the same thing happened in uh, college sports. Okay, mm-hmm. is they saw me play in high school and they allowed me to continue to be the person they recruited me to be the same person I was in high school. Now, after I graduated college, I went down to Costa Rica and I played professional basketball down there in Costa Rica. And that was some of the most fun basketball that I ever played. Why? Because yeah. my vision, my talents, my, uh, my uh, skill set was naturally a great court vision. Now, I had the body type of a post player and I had the interest in running the floor like a guard. And so I finally got to play in positions that I never previously was. I was bringing the ball up the basketball court because I was more fundamentally sound than a lot of the guards. And now playing recreational basketball now, I'm getting to do a lot of things that I never got to do when I was playing competitive basketball. And now... I, I would say that probably across the board in all of the different positions, I'm a better basketball player now. I can't do all the physical feats of strength that I used to be able to, but now, I, you know, I, I'd say uh, I've developed in my areas of weakness.
0: And I would say this in terms of skill acquisition: you want to practice until you can't get it wrong. You yeah. want to practice until you um, really know what you know, what you know. So, Jeff, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on you now, okay? Yeah. Because you're a Go psychotherapist, with. yeah, and you've probably met with. Thousands of clients at this point. I have. When you sit down with people, walk me through your methodology now. Like what is your if you're sitting down with someone for the first time, yep, and they call you, first off, who typically calls you? What kind of person typically calls
2: you? Well, I get a lot of calls from business people who are wanting help in their business to try to get people to get along or try to be more prosperous by working as a team. And then my family clients and things like that are generally related to uh, marriage that's having trouble or kids that are out of sorts or whatever. And so I'm re- really involved in that. And what I look for first is the opportunity to connect with them. I mean, I tell them that it's confidential. I tell them that we're going to talk about stuff here that they can talk about freely. Uh, not, it's not going to be judgmental. And then I tell them, we're not just going to talk about your feelings. We've got a target we're shooting at, and I tell them what the target is next, and that's being your best self. I can unpack that, but that's basically where I go. Now, when you say uh, becoming your best self, what does that mean? Well, it means uh, moving toward development in your life where it gives you bursts of aliveness and excitement. Like when you built this place, yeah. I'm sure that you felt something like that. When I look around here, I'm amazed at how wonderful this place is, the great work you guys are doing. I'm serious. If you guys have not had an opportunity to take care, be involved in a seminar or come here and see what's going on, this is an amazing place. And what's your website? Thrive15.com.
0: Thrive15.com.
2: And people can link on and get something that way. You're just, you guys are killing it by reaching into an audience that there's a great need for personal development. That's basically what I do on a personal level. So the bottom line is I'm trying to get people to move toward their best self, like become uh, when you do it, you know it. Like I'm trying to think like right now I'm working on learning recording software and developing my skills as a recording engineer just because I love it. It has no other reason I love that. Right. And so. I, every day I'm up working on that and what happens is after a while you get so good like what you were saying that you get so good at uh, practicing and doing something then you hit the flow where it all of a sudden just lights up and then it's easy where what used to be hard becomes easy almost effortless like Jordan when he shoots the ball turns around and holds out his hands goes, I don't even know how I do this right
0: and I, I would compare it to uh, my speaking career a little bit I remember yep. when I used to speak my number one thing was why are you sweating. Why are you sweating? Why are you nervous? Stop being nervous. Make sure you look everyone in the eyes. A lot of the technical things. Look people in the eyes. Don't stutter. Don't use the word um, um, um. uh, Speak with a point. Oh, but stand up straight and make sure you... And there's all these mechanical things. And something happened to me around about the 100th paid speaking event I had. Because remember, when people hired me to speak um, as the former Entrepreneur of the Year for the Small Business Administration... People uh, correlate, oh, you're good at business, so you must be good at speaking. No, 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 no. These are entirely different skills. So about event 100, I remember I did an event for the Zenith Awards, and I finally felt as a speaker the way I used to feel as a DJ, where I felt like I was a virtuoso, I was great at what I did, I could go, and I had that confidence. And so many of you who are listening, you've never moved beyond amateur status on anything. And it's not because you're an idiot. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's because the level of persistence that you've applied to doing the same thing over and over has never been there. You've never stuck with a radio show for 150 episodes. You've never stuck with a podcast for 55 episodes. You always try something to see if it gets traction, and if it does, then you keep going. Well, guess what? Nothing gets traction until the 500th podcast. So you've got to keep going and going and going, and then pretty soon you're in a flow, and pretty soon people are going, man, this guy really knows his thing. And that's how it begins. And so phase number six of step two here is you, you begin to experiment, improvise. It's when a singer has sang the song so well so many times, they now feel free to be able to uh, improve upon it, to be able to change, to be able to uh, pivot, if you will. It's an, it's an, it's an exciting uh, uh, thing when that, when that begins to happen. So again, step number one for you, Thrivers, is you want to determine your life's work and tasks. Step number two is you want to begin an apprenticeship. Now, step number three, and this is, this is something that I would encourage you to, to do, is I want you to commit, commit, to 10 years doing that thing commit your 10 years yeah what yeah commit to a decade because when you commit to a decade what happens is you no longer have these weird feelings of like well we'll see if it works i'm gonna see if, if this happens i'm gonna i'll see if it I, and see if you want to commit to a year or six months right i'm talking about committing to a decade so when i'm talking about step number one determine your life work i'm not screwing around I'm saying commit to a decade. I mean, people say, man, Dr. Zellner, how did you build Dr. Robert Zellner Associates? How did you open up all these companies? You realize he's been in that business for 25 years. He was in the same business for eight years before he opened up another business. So I want to ask you, Marshall, you you see this with clients. You see it with entrepreneurs who want to be a successful entrepreneur. And You don't see it as much with the real entrepreneurs who are really having success. From your perspective, what is causing people who are new to entrepreneurship to want to constantly experiment and to try a new product or a new business? It seems like they it seems like the the entrepreneurs want to start seven new ideas at the same time every week. So w- the entrepreneurs, there's
1: something that they're seeing, and we call this the iceberg effect. Okay, mm. they look at uh, the different people around them. They look at the guy that. Uh, just had financial freedom. The guy that just bought a Lamborghini, the guy that uh, can now step out of his business, spend all the time with his kids and never actually work in the business. They see all of this success and this wealth and this excitement and these things that are at the tip of the iceberg. But what they don't see is the years and years and years and the rest of the decade of having committed to the level of mastery that the entrepreneur, the person that has stood there and just grinding through the learning process, there is no shortcut. There is no shortcut to long-term success. And so if you want to have those same things, you've got to continue to work through the bottom of that iceberg, everything that is underneath the level of the water, the water level, the iceberg below the surface of the water. You have got to commit to working through all of that.
0: So we're talking about step number three to becoming a master, and this is you must commit to 10 years. So when we come back, we're going to share some success stories that Marshall's had with his clients who have committed to a long-term perspective. Yes, we can help companies experience big gains in business, but that sustainable, repeatable, game-changing growth Uh, doesn't happen until you commit to a long-term vision. So we come back. Marshall's going to walk us through his clients. I'm going to share with you about my clients. Jeff's going to talk to you about his career. But I'm telling you this, success is absolutely achievable for every single person listening as long as you can find your core task, as long as you can determine your core, your life's work, and as long as you can find an apprentice, and as long as you can commit
9: to a 10-year process. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jeff Finn, I'm from Wichita, Kansas with Augustino Brewing Company. So my business partner told me all about Thrive. At first, I thought he was kidding, but being here, it's real deal. Being here, I'm learning that systems is a number one thing that you've gotta have. Without the systems, you can't be successful. There's a lot of energy that goes on around here, and it's it's something that you feel all the way through, even during breaks. This place is pretty relaxed. People here, they greet you every morning, they're welcoming you into the facility, and uh, it—it's got a vibe that's really just relaxed. Uh, it feels really nice to be in this building. Clay's—he's definitely got a lot of energy. It's something where you know he's telling you something. You can feel his passion. It's something you're—you're you're taking away a lot of information, and he's condensing this down. But boy, it's something that's down to earth, and and you're just walking away knowing that you've got the information you need to be successful. So far, the the workshops have been delivered in such a way that, you know, the audience is asked to contribute. It might be something of reading from the book, you know, one of the notable quotables, or asking the questions. He's always prompting for questions. People who haven't never been to a Thrive Time conference, they're missing a lot of information that could help them take their businesses to the next level. So with Thrive Time, there's no upsell. Another thing that you get with this conference compared to others, there's a desk. ThriveTime I think, is going to be a, a big benefit to me and my organization. I'm going to be able to take this information back and apply things immediately.
0: You tuning in as always. You know, one thing I love about you, uh, Thrivers. I've run into a couple of you now. At Sprouts. I've run into a couple of you over at the dry cleaners. Uh, I've run into a, of several, several of you at Oklahoma Joe's. And one thing I've, I've discovered is that many of you are up at 5 a.m. And so there's this new club, this new fraternity. I'm calling it the High Five at Five Club. But what's happening is, is many of you. You're sending me text messages pre-5 a.m., which is hilarious because my phone's turned off. (laughs) But I love it because I can see when it was sent. And uh, uh, with our new format, you can now text in any business question that you want at all. And we we commit to answering each and every one of those questions. So you can text us 918-851-6920. That's 918-851-6920. Earlier on today's show, we answered a few of the questions. And now we're getting into today's topic. We're talking about how to become a master, someone who's truly great at something. Because what happens is most of us are just, I don't know, mediocre at everything, right? And I am too. I'm mediocre at most things or average at most things, or whatever you want to call it, below average. You know. But the thing is, is that you want to become great at one thing because the world will line up and pay you when you're great at one thing. And so we've been teaching you today these six steps to becoming a master. And step number one, if you're just tuning in, is you want to determine your life's work. If you missed how to do that, then I encourage you to go listen to the uh, podcast version of today's show at ThriveTimeShow.com. Step number two is you want to begin an apprenticeship program. You want to find a coach or a mentor or somebody who knows the way, who goes the way, who has the, your sincere uh, best interests at their heart, who is trying to um, show you the proven path. And then move number three is you want to commit to a 10-year process. And so I'm going to give you an example. I want all the Thrivers right now. Thrivers, I know you have smartphones. I know you have laptops, iPads. Many of you have both. Here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and Google carpet cleaning quotes. Marshall, can you Google carpet cleaning quotes? Can you Google carpet cleaning quotes there? Type it into the Google search. Do you see that, my friend?
1: It's coming. It's coming. We're, it's c- we're, we're connected to the internet.
0: Oh, nice. Now, if you'll kind of scroll down a little bit, and if you could... Do, do you see the, the results there? Is it pulled up yet? Oh, it's coming. It's, co- oh, it's, so, it's good. <laughs> so good. It's a fast, it's a fast connection the we world, have. The World Wide Web. Okay, I might have to do a little... I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this this one instead. I'm, I'm scrolling down here. So here we go. If you will Google that, you will find that the, the company that comes up top in Google is OxyFresh. O-X-I Fresh. They're a client. Uh, Full disclosure, John is also an investor in uh, the Elephant in the Room Men's Grooming Lounge. And last week, we hit 100,000 Google reviews. Wow. 101,541 as of this morning. And that is because you're lucky? Nope. Because you came from a rich family? Nope. Because the... uh, Is that luck again? Nope. Because of political connections? Nope. Because of Russia and Putin? No. The reason why we're top in Google in the world... And the reason why John has a 10,000-square-foot house and the reason why his business is booming with hundreds of franchisees is because of this thing called diligence. Look up the word diligence. Diligence means the steady application of effort. And nobody sees diligence. No one understands diligence. No one's been around diligence. And so when you see diligence, you're going to call that person an enigma, something you can't understand. You're going to say they're eccentric. You're going to say they're weird. You're going to say, not you, other people. The people who are listening to the political talk right now, those are the people who would say you're weird. (laughs) I would say that you are becoming a master. So, Coach Calvert, I'm going to start with you. Basketball. Have you had a player show up at Score Basketball over the years who you realize this person has a disproportionate interest in the game, a love for the game, and you know, hey, this person's definitely going to play at college or the pros. Have you ever seen it happen when you met a 12-year-old or 14-year-old and you go,
10: they're going to play at the next level? It's interesting. You can tell pretty early really? by, by that diligence. Usually a kid is what he is by the time he's 9 or 10 years mm-hmm. old. And you can tell whether he's going to be a star or not a star, mainly by their work ethic.
0: Who was the guy? What was the guy name Sam something, Sam something who went on to play at the college level?
10: Mm-hmm. Sam Belt, and then he played uh, at the pro level.
0: Now, did you coach Sam Belt? Is that right? Uh-huh. Now, Sam, my understanding is that dude dude could shoot like a million different ways. It seemed like he had every move. I mean, what, what were his core
10: skills? Well, he was a short, fat guy when he started with me, but I saw him uh, something special. In him. in fact, I give him a hard time about it all the time. But you his could see... His shortness
0: or his fatness? I mean, yes. both of which are not not <laughs> things you want to rip people about, right? I mean, Coach, are you are you not politically correct over there, Coach? Yeah. <laughs>
10: It's not that I don't like short, fat people. He just happened to be one. It's not great for basketball players. What we <laughs> saw, though, is he had a great work ethic. He loved to play a game. He loved to be on the court. You could tell he was already intel- intelligent. He loved picking things up. Everything I t- I teach him, he would pick up.
0: What was his? Uh, what were coming some of his offensive moves that he used to be effective at college and the and the uh, high, well, I guess at high school and then the college level? Well, he was
10: a six eight guy that was really strong and he could post up he could shoot threes he was a great passer and so his skill sets were just way high if he had to go just on his ability he couldn't jump two inches off the floor but he had great skill sets
0: and so when you met with him how did he improve from the time you met the guy
10: until he went to the pros uh it wasn't very tough we had to get him a lot tougher he wasn't quick we had to get his feet a lot quicker how'd you get him tougher tougher. You do things. That, well, one thing is you make them do things they don't want to do. You make them do sprint drills. You make them do rebounding drills. You make them do things where it's like it hurts kind of.
0: So you run through the pain. You run. Yeah. Through, you push through the pain. If you're going through hell, you might as well not stop, right? Yeah. And
10: that's what we do with our kids now is we give them things that are harder than what they think they can handle.
0: So I'm going to tell you some things that I do, Thrivers, to my kid then you're going to say, you are not a good person. That's fine. Uh, my son, he says, I want to get some ice cream. I said, cool. You know, you got to go in there and pay with cash at Brom's. He goes, what do you mean i said here's two dollars you go in you get it you figured out people are going your son's five why are you making him go into the store by himself some people say is that ethical I don't even care okay I'm gonna wear my I'm gonna make my son wear a helmet so that I can get the approval of some uh, a bureaucrat somewhere so the thing is he goes into Brahms and he comes back in and he's like I don't want to ask but like, cool then let's go home no big deal I'm gonna, in fact I'm gonna go in and get some ice cream myself and I'll just eat it on the way home while you watch that's my plan so well then he's like I'm gonna go do it And then you know what? Now my son is a a nine-year-old and the crazy kid is buying himself uh, leaf blowers, paying cash for hundreds of dollars of leaf blowers. He now is the greeter at our in-person workshops. He we wouldn't
10: make eye contact four months ago. Oh, no, he wouldn't look at me. He would stand at the back of the line behind his sister when he when he did basketball lessons.
0: So what advice would you give to the parent out there or to the business owner out there who keeps running away from their weakness and keeps trying to hide behind it and calling it, I'm a victim, you know, I've got a certain series of problems. And so on. I just kind of make an excuse. What advice would you
10: give them? A couple of things. One is one of the things we tell kids is the thing that you don't want to do most, that's the thing you need to do most. That's number one thing. Second thing is if you don't put your kids through hard things, there's a great book called Do Hard Things Out. And if you don't get your kids to do hard things at a young age, they won't do them when they get older. So you got to. Not punish them, but you got to give them things they really would prefer not to do.
0: So as an example, asking your customers to write a review, a sincere review about mm. your business, might feel uncomfortable because they say no more often than not. But when you do it consistently, next thing you know, you're top in Google in the world. This guy went to Victory Christian Center. He was at Oral Roberts University. He went on a couple of dates with my wife, and then I won <laughs> the game of life. I won the game of life. But the thing is yeah. is that you, you, it's diligence. It's the steady application of effort. When we come back, I want Marshall to share with us, kind of brag on some of his clients that are the most diligent, the people that are out there applying that consistent effort. When no one's looking, it's the same thing day after
6: day, day after day. Stay tuned. Thrive Time
4: Show. My
6: name is Keith Schultz. I'm with uh, Witness Security. I'm from here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I first heard about the Thrive Time uh, workshops, you know, through Clay Clark. Uh, he's been working with uh, my business now for fairly close to three months uh, it's been a phenomenal experience of him being able to teach us his methods and processes just on a one-to-one basis and then he uh, talked about the workshops on his radio program so therefore we decided to come a few things that we've learned is uh, just the simple basics of you know how to do sales appointments and how to convey your thoughts to our future clients and be able to help them decide what they need as far as their security needs. And also uh, just the basics of the internet and how to function that and make that work for you in a business. Also as far as not only the internet but just the general roundabout business uh, principles that you need to convey to everybody so that people will call. The overall Thrive Farm experience that I've experienced here, not only is it just exciting, just a way that's mixed with uh, just funny stories, funny real stories to be able to help people understand that you know building a business is hard work. And not only is it hard work, but it is rewarding if you follow through with the same principles and methods that he uh, puts forth. If you choose not to do so, then you probably choose to fail. His teaching style is amazing, out of the fact that uh, he's able to tell stories that not only are they real, uh, but they're funny, but yet at the same time, uh, teach them with a principle that we can apply to each and every day-to-day uh, practice in whatever business it is. So therefore, if you take these principles that he applies, you know, through the stories that he he conveys and. Everything—it's virtually a guarantee that they'll work. What are they missing if they never attend? They miss the opportunity to be able to go out on their own. They miss the opportunity to be able to uh, do things for their families and be able to uh, have the time that they need for the things that they want to do. I've attended a few workshops in the time or conferences in the in the past, but. As a rule they do have something that you're gonna have to buy in the end that's the thing about this there is no buying at the end either you take the principles that he provides to you with the and the methods that he provides to you at no cost for the most part and make them work for you then there is no upsell it it's he provides you the materials for you to do the work and if you choose not to do the work that's between you and whoever. Uh, but he's not trying to sell you anything. He's just trying to help you. I'd recommend just about anybody, and I have recommended in the last three months, I've recommended dozens of people to at least listen to the program and try to apply some of the things uh, they talk about in the, on the Thrive Time show. And if you do, I guarantee it'll work. Just gotta apply them.
4: That's one thing that I know for sure. I'll show
0: you, I'll show you. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back into the conversation. Today we're te- we're teaching you, we're showing you how to become a master. It's so easy to become an amateur. It's okay to be, It's it's so easy to become adequate. It's so, and here's the crap that we have to fight through right now as a culture. This is the crap that's in your head that you have to fight through. I remember when I DJed my first show and the guidance counselor told me, you did such a good job for your first show, justification, and you have so much potential. Anybody with a pulse has potential. And so I went out there <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I did so good given it was my first show and I have so much potential. Well, then when I saw the video footage of my show, I realized my first DJ show was awful. I remember one time the, the father of the bride came up to me and said, how long have you been DJing? That's not a good question to ask. <laughs> you know? And I said, oh, only a couple months. He's like, well, I'll tell you what, given that you're just starting out, I mean, you're doing really good. The bride sent me like a two-page complaint letter. I'm just saying like you don't want justification. You're either in the pursuit of excellence or you're in the pursuit of mediocrity. And Andrew Carnegie, the guy who was the world's wealthiest man during his time, he jockeyed back and forth with John D. Rockefeller to be the best. He said that people who cannot motivate themselves beyond mediocrity, he said again, the people who cannot motivate, motivate themselves beyond mediocrity must be content with mediocrity. That does not feel very good. So Marshall... Marshall, let's brag on some clients. You have some clients you're working with from all over the planet, all over the globe, specifically from coast to coast, people in New Orleans, people out there in Arizona, you got people in New York, all different clients you're coaching and you're coaching these people by the way for less money than most people would spend on hiring a barista. If you're going to go hire a barista, let, let me walk you through the math. If you hire a barista, you're going to pay this person like what, 10 bucks an hour, 9 bucks an hour? No, I'll pay a minimum wage. Okay, you're going to get a crappy barista, That's right? right? And then what you do is you pay their health insurance, you pay the rent, you pay the lease, whatever. The point is you're going to spend about 11 bucks an hour and you hire them to work 4.3 per weeks. Not that I track that, not four, not four weeks, but 4.3 weeks per month, you're going to spend roughly 2 grand a month. And for about that or less, you're coaching business clients and helping them radically increase their sales with no contract. That means if they decide not to work with you, there's no unemployment. There's no, it's unbelievable. You get a wizard and a team of ninjas, SEO people, marketing people, graphic designers, videographers, but they have to do something. They can't just hire you and say, go do something, Wizard. They have to do something. You teach them the way, but they have to go the way. Brag on those clients. Tell me those clients who are really getting it done. Yeah, there's no contract. So
1: if you disagree with the fact that I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, oh. that's, a, that's okay. <laughs> we, we, can, we can end the contract. But there's three clients. There's three Painful. clients that I, I want to brag on the specific things that they're doing. And they're falling in love with the process, the, the system of application. And number one is Delrick Clinical Research. Down in New Orleans, they're doing great. And the super move that they implemented... With gumbo? The, Get it, the gumbo? Not gumbo. Oh, okay. But they actually do clinical research trials for pharmaceutical companies. Got it. And they implemented the carrot and stick merit-based pay system approach to managing their employees. I'm
0: writing this down. So you're saying the carrot carrot, and, and stick. And
1: stick. And so the way that you implement that into your business is you want to reward, provide a carrot for your employees for the behavior that you want. So whether it's completing a checklist or earning a bonus, closing a sale, you want to incentivize them for doing a good job.
0: I want to treat all my employees equally, pay them all the same, man. You know, I mean, everyone, everyone. Some people just struggle with certain things, Marshall.
1: Well, you know, if you are of that mindset, you want to pay everybody the same. Yeah. You're going to get equal results from everybody, and nobody has any incentive to outperform. The, what they're held accountable to do. Well,
0: you know, communism is going yeah. over well and a lot of countries. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, North Korea is doing well. Okay, they're that's, they're not doing very well, but okay. but but I mean, um, if you think about if you think about Cuba, they've done really poorly. But if you think about like uh, the USSR. They also aren't doing very well. So communism apparently doesn't work. Okay. Okay, back to so you. So you got the carrot. You
1: incentivize them for doing a good job and a stick, an equal magnitude stick. You got to <sharp inhale> have some kind of penalty for not actually doing your job.
0: <sharp inhale> oh, why would you hit me with a stick? Okay. Yeah,
1: so you got the carrot and stick, Delrick Clinical Research bragging on them. Then you got fine folk what pizza. Is, what is Delrick doing? What are they doing diligently? They're, they're, they're holding people accountable to the system. They're holding people accountable. So they have the key performance indicators. What kind of results are they getting? They're getting incredible results. So, for example, last week, Real Talk, they made $18,000 of
0: profit. Profit? Profit. I'm having a hard time saying yeah. that. <laughs> pro- pro- profit. Are you profit of $18,000? Yeah, and they have their, their
1: customer acquisition costs dialed in. So they're spending about $750 on advertising every week, and they're bringing in $18,000 of Profit,
0: profit, and it seems as Jeff, you're a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're a guy. You you know, you're a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. I guess psychotherapist. Yeah. Mathematically speaking, d- d- does that seem? I mean, is that is that ethical? Is it? I mean, is that something that uh, is it ethical
2: know, to make money? Is
0: that what you're saying? I mean, to spend seven fifty to bring in eighteen thousand. I mean, yes. emotionally, is that okay?
2: Yes, it's even better. <laughs> I mean, look, it's in the end, it's not even about the money. It's about who you are, and you'll never. Thrive unless you're able to do that sort of thing, and then it's it makes you into a better person. The idea that making money or doing well makes you suspect because you're cheating the system or something—that's a ridiculous idea. I don't know why it makes me cry when I think about that number. (laughs) It's such a good number,
0: Ah, Jeff. Help. (laughs) Okay, so now Marshall, walk me through another diligent doer. Another diligent
1: doer. Fine Folk Pizza. Where are they located? They're located down in Fort Myers, Florida. How are you helping people who aren't located in Tulsa? Oh, it is incredible because our level of communication and transparency with our one-on-one business coaching meetings is awesome. So we're able to teleconference in every single week, same place, same time over the phone. And one of the things that we implemented with Fine Folk is they are executing the Dream 100. And so it's as simple as this. Is they made a list of the top corporations in which they wanted to do catering every single month. And they just systematically called them and reached out to them every week. And now they are getting up to $1,000 catering orders just by calling up these businesses. What if I'm listing right now and I'm thinking,
0: you know, gosh, it seems like a lot of rejection. I can't take that level of rejection.
1: Oh and here I'm going to say something a little bit crazy but you got to fall in love with the nose mm-hmm. the nose because you know that you for every 100 calls that you make every 100 calls you're going to get somewhere between 90 and 95 knows it's just it's just
0: the statistics if i'm listening right now and, and maybe i have a pizza place hypothetically in tulsa and i wanted uh, you to help my, me grow my business could you do that uh, we can do that but our coaches
1: we only work with 15 clients at a time okay mm. because we want to be able to go deep with all of the one-on-one clients that we have and so if you will just fill out a business evaluation form you fill out your information on the thrive15.com site We'll have one of our coaches reach out to you.
0: I was eating my Oklahoma Joe's baked beans while yeah. thinking about Don Calvert's score I got very distracted. What was that website again there? It is thrive15.com, thrive15.com. Now when we come back, Coach Calvert is gonna be walking us through how diligence has helped him get to where he is. And then Jeff Rent is gonna walk us through how kinda how, how diligence has helped him get to where he is. There's gotta been a, there had to have been a time, Coach, where you thought is this ever gonna work out? What am I doing? Am I out of my mind? If I have I lost my mind, should I go get a job? Should I go be working, you know, at a different job? Maybe should I, maybe I should go work at Target. Maybe I should apply at Chick-fil-A. I mean, there's there's gotta be a point where that happened. And so we come back, I'm so excited to hear you share kind of when you hit the bottom, right? And then when diligence you said, you know what? I'm gonna get up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to just keep on fighting through and how that's been able to contribute to your success. Because so many people look you guys up online. Uh, they, they see where you're at now. They hear the testimonials. They hear the referrals. They hear you on the radio. And they're going, I could never be where they are. I just, I don't have what it takes. And uh, you guys could be some intimidating dudes. When we come back. We're going to hear the story behind the story of Coach Calvert and Jeff Rint. Stay tuned. Thrive Time Show. a boom I used to believe we were burning
11: on My name is Mel Wright and I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am a photographer for family and weddings and portrait photography. My head is so full of things, I don't even know where to start. Um, Basically, I have learned that I need to stay focused and be motivated and make checklists and actually do those things. And I have learned that I need to make a really good website, get reviews for my website, uh, get on Google Maps and like, have a location that people can see, have testimonials, have re- reviews. The Thrive 15 headquarters is amazing. It's like this big open space with lots of natural light, lots of like, knickknacks all around that inspire clay and lots of quotes that are just inspiring and it's a fun, upbeat office. Clay's presentation style is really entertaining and motivational. He is so lively and really, really good at communicating to people um, all of the knowledge in his head. He has so much about business and running a business and having a successful business in his mind that he can just like really communicate with the average person. So the interaction at the speaking event with Clay is very personal it's he's like right there right in front of you we're all sitting at desks and we have like a book he gives you a book to write notes in and it's like his own book that he wrote and he is going through it with you step by step uh, letting you ask questions answering those questions giving examples writing on a whiteboard he's got videos he's got lots of like um visual and emotional and like sound that you can really learn everything he's telling you. So Clay's business workshop will not try to upsell you. He literally is just full of information and knowledge and just wants to share it with you and answer your questions. He's not going to try to upsell you. He really just wants you, any motivated person, to be better and he just, he won't, he's not, it's not a scam, it's just a really amazing learning experience. I would recommend this workshop to anyone who is even just remotely thinking about having their own business because it takes your mindset from, well, this is going to be a lot of work and impossible and I'll never be successful at it, to, I could do this. I could absolutely do this.
4: All
0: right,
4: Tulsa.
0: Tulsa, Tennessee. People in Texas, people who drove here all the way from Texas, from California, the Thrivers who drove here drove here from Florida. We had Thrivers driving here from Boston, people who flew in from Toronto, people who all over the world are tuning in to this podcast at Thrivetimeshow.com. We welcome you inside the dojo of Mojo, and it is my hope for you to be successful, um, but it is also, and I don't use this lightly because I'm not somebody who who says, hey, I'll pray for you. But I do pray for you. And it is my prayer that you, the listener, will be able to find a nugget of knowledge on today's show that will help you become the you that I know you are meant to be. I believe that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I choose to rejoice and be glad in it because I know that God has a tremendous plan to prosper you, and that if you will just apply what you're learning, you can have success. But you must implement diligence. If you're at the bottom, there's no place to go but up. Winston Churchill says, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Okay? So I want you to think about that for a second. Marinate on that. Marinate on that like some Oklahoma Joe's, any of their barbecue products. They marinate that slow rotisserie on that thing. Just marinate on that concept. If you're going through hell, don't stop. Marshall Morris, business coach, you have worked with some clients, and unfortunately, many people do not reach out to us until they have a breakdown. They don't, they don't look for a breakthrough, until they've had a breakdown. Marshall, talk to us about that. Okay, so the breakthrough after a breakdown is sometimes,
1: you know, you're waiting for this, this trigger, waiting for this thing to come into your life. You're being reactive to needing change within your business. And then I've also had clients that have proactively said, hey, I acknowledge the fact that for continuous improvement, I need a coach. Eric Schmidt, Eric Schmidt, CEO of Google. Never heard of Google. Never heard of the Google. I use Bing. Oh, yeah. You and the five other people. I work at Microsoft. Yeah, sure. Okay, so Eric Schmidt, he says that even I need a, uh, a coach. Even I need somebody to hold me accountable to the things that I'm doing. And so I've worked with clients that have had that breakdown and some that have done the proactive effort of getting that continuous improvement. But the thing that we consistently see is no matter how maybe emotionally in a rut that you are, it is not too late. The best time to have started growing your business is 20 years ago. The next best time is now, Mm. okay? So don't wait. Don't hesitate. But I can understand. I appreciate. I understand that it might be hard for you to make those strides and make those efforts. So I want to ask you, Coach. Coach Calvert, you actually had the. We have this unique relationship where you actually Mm -hmm. coached me. Mm -hmm. And I know that there were some definitely uh, some times where you and I were emotional. We had that dissonance about what I wanted to do and maybe what I needed to do. And so I wanted to ask you specifically, what are some of the things that maybe you've worked through or you've helped some of your students work through, your your athletes work through, as maybe you're helping
10: them do something that they didn't want to do, but maybe they needed to do in order to move forward? There's a couple of things you have to get through first. One is you have to get through your insecurities. If you don't get through your insecurities, you'll be worried about failing. You'll be worried about what people are going to say. You'll be worried about rejection, all those kind of things. So first thing, and Clay helped me with this, is you just got to forget about all that. Mm -hmm. Who cares if they say no? Who cares if 100 people says no? Just assume they're going to say no. That's the first thing. The second thing was that I had... To figure out when I first started my business that I had to go do the work way before there were any results. The results (laughs) don't matter. You just have to do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work. And then eventually, because I believe in reaping and reaping and sowing. And so I had to just determine that if I do the work, eventually things would start showing up. So the first thing was get to work. I had to get to work, and then the second thing was quit worrying about what people think, insecurities, all that kind of stuff.
1: And I remember that you used to say that at the beginning of each practice, let's get Mm -hmm. to work, because Mm -hmm. that's what we're coming to do. We're working on our business. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to improve. And so you said that you fell in love with the process. You didn't fall in love with the results, the 10% that everybody sees. But it be, when you made it about the process, you weren't uh, you, you weren't focused on the, the success, but rather the negative. You knew if you did the work, the results would come. Eventually, you would be reaping the harvest.
10: I felt like we had a great product. Uh, the great news to you guys is I was a terrible businessman. I mean, just... I had no idea how to do billing, how to keep track of things. Uh, Clay has helped me tremendously with all that kind of stuff. What I did do, though, was I've listened. Even when I didn't want to do things that Clay had asked me to do, I did it. Even when I didn't feel like it might work, I did it anyway because I was trusting him.
1: Okay. And, uh, Coach, I, I know that you've been growing the business, but also on the show today we have Jeff Rent, who is a psychotherapist, and he helps families and businesses and business owners actually improve the emotional intelligence. And I know that, uh, Jeff, as you've been growing your business and helping other people as well, talk to me about this diligence and what is it that uh, emotionally or uh, psychologically that you have to work through as you've been growing your
2: business and helping other people get to where they want to go? Well, I think the thing that people need to understand is you're going to come to some point when you're doing something significant in your life where you want to stop. It just is too hard or it's not working or for some reason you're just not feeling it and then you have to continue to remember why you started and persevere until you start winning an example of that was in my midlife i just went through a total meltdown i went through a divorce which was one of the hardest things i've ever been through people don't know how hard that is i never expected that to happen i was anti-divorce and all that stuff but the bottom line is i did go through a horrible divorce and Uh, ended up with nothing. I mean, I could tell you why, but it's a long story. But the bottom line was I ended up, you know, with enough money to get to my parents' house. And then I came to Tulsa when I was uh, 41 years old, and I decided I was studying my doctorate at the time, and I decided I'm going to finish that even if I don't have the money to finish it. I was 12 hours away from finishing my doctorate. And so I went ahead and I finished it on my own without, you know, anything, and started developing that I did. I wrote something on how to get over divorce, which became the best uh, thing there is for helping people do that. And, and then the Tulsa World did an article about it. The next thing you know, I had clients coming from everywhere, and, the, and I've got a counseling practice now that's more prosperous, and I'm doing better than I ever have, and happily married to a great gal and love my life.
1: Yeah. And, and so somebody's listening to this right now, yeah. and they're at that point yeah they're at that um, they're they're in an emotional rut somebody yeah. needs to hear this but what would you say to them in terms of an exercise or a practice or something to do they're currently at that position what do they need to be doing what is the action step what can they be doing in order to help them get
2: out of that in trending back up of yeah. the, uh, the upside of the v that's a great question they need to get out of their emotions and they need to think rationally and then they need to do right and then finally their emotions will change again it's possible to get stuck in a place where you get so defeated emotionally that you don't feel like you are you have worth or that you can accomplish anything. You just kind of give up, and that's a terrible place to be. I call that the neurotic position where you know you can move your life forward, but you're too afraid of it, so you sit and make excuses. And what somebody has to do is dig down to think right instead of, like Coach said, thinking that they're uh, insignificant or insecure. They begin to talk about who they're made to be and there's greatness in us and then set a vision start doing it And that's what I did and it worked it taught, totally brought me out of it,
1: it And I so I want to just communicate to everybody listening that if you are starting a business or you're having aspirations of starting a business Entrepreneurship is can force you into maybe some of these emotional experiences What you are doing is building a business by yourself. It is your business. And so what I want to s- a- ask Clay, in, in uh, Clay, you can you can hammer this home, is for the businesses that you've helped grow, is th- do you see this consistency? Do you see this as something that everybody goes through? Is this just part of the entrepreneurship th- uh, path?
0: Well, I think what we're going to see is that success is not normal. Uh, success is not something that most people will achieve. Success is something that you can achieve, but it's not normal. And so, step number one is, I encourage you right now, today, I encourage you to take some form of action. Some form of action. You can't, you can't take all the action at one time, but some form of action. So, one is, you could say, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to, I'm going to uh, go up to ThriveTimeShow.com and I'm just going to subscribe to the podcast. And that's as far as I'm going to go because you know what? It's free. It doesn't cost me anything, and I'm going to go ahead and give that a whirl because I realize that if I do that, at least that's something. Somebody else says, you know what, I'm going to go to an in-person workshop, and at that workshop, I'm going to um, open my heart and my mind for a couple days to a money-back guarantee workshop, and I'm going to come to that thing, and I'm just going to go ahead and listen to people who are more successful than I am teach me what to do, and you know what, If, if it doesn't work out, I'm not stressed, money-back guarantee, but I'm going to come out to a workshop, okay? Somebody else, you're going to go to thrive15.com, you're going to sign up for a dollar with a lot of doubt in your mind, and you're going to find the world's best business college for less money than uh, you'd spend at TU, because TU is allegedly $53,000, $54,000, and so, you know, a dollar is a little bit less than that. Or, Or somebody else, you realize, you know what, I'm a business owner. Game recognizes game, and I understand that Dr. Zellner knows what he's talking about. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go ahead and sign up for his program, there's no contract, and I'm gonna get some one-on-one business coaching, and I'm gonna start to do what Jeff Rent and Coach Calvert and Barbie Cookies and Del Rick, right? And I'm not and I'm not done yet, and what the Tulsa Oilers, and what elephant in the room, and what Dr. Zellner and Associates and what the Z66 Auction and what the DJ Connection and what the Make Your Life Epic Consulting are all doing. They're growing their businesses quickly. Success is for you. And as always, three, two, one, boom.